0: As we sit here we know that uh, a lot of things are going on in Afghanistan. The peace deal as they say is going on and uh, the future seems that uh, there will be turbulence and Taliban will continue to govern a lot of a large part of Afghanistan. But that wasn't always the case. Now we see Afghanistan dominated by Taliban who are extremist and uh, practice an extreme form of Islam and uh, there, there are no rights for minorities. There, In fact, there are no minorities anymore it seems. There are only a handful of a few uh, Sikhs and Hindus maybe who recently migrated to India and it seems that the country is pretty much all Sunni Muslim but this wasn't always the case as we find out from the book called Afghan Hindus and Sikhs A history of thousand years it's written by Inderjeet Singh and uh, it gives you a really detailed idea of the last thousand years how The demography and uh, religious diversity that changed over time. Afghanistan, of course, has faced a lot of turbulence in the last thousand years. But there have been uh, instances of peace, and there have been times when there was diversity, there was peace, then. Subsequently there were wars and again peace times. So it's seen a, a lot. But the author examines this question about uh, the original inhabitants of, of uh, Afghanistan and uh, as many people believe that uh, they were Afghans and Pathan's and that is true. But author also examines the People who practiced different faiths there, they were also original inhabitants of the place, but they were subsequently considered as outsiders and not treated as Pathans or Afghans in that region. And specifically that happened to Sikhs and Hindus. So in different chapters, what author does is captures the history one step at a time and gives us detailed accounts of the writers who were there and what they observed, what kind of religions they found there, how their lives were like and uh, how people were converted from one religion to another, how the demography that changed and we got to the place where we are today. The author starts with the, with the recent events in the last few decades, what has happened, and then takes us back into the history. So, to give you a flavor of what the author is talking about, I'm going to read certain sections from the introduction segment, and you will get what the author is trying to tell us here. So, let me start Ever since the last late 1970s, Afghanistan has been in the news for all the wrong reasons. A relatively stable and peaceful monarchy was toppled by the cousin of the ruler in 1973 who was in turn murdered in 1978. This was followed by the Soviet invasion in 1979 and to counter them came the Mujahideen The Mujahideen were supported by the USA, Pakistan and their allies. The proxy war continued for 10 years and by the time the Soviet left in 1989, after failing to crush the Mujahideen, the country was in shambles. In 1992, just before the Mujahideen captured the capital Kabul, the majority of the Afghan, Hindus and Sikhs had left the country. Four years later, the Taliban, a new version of the Mujahideen, captured most of the country. Their rigid and uh, fundamentalist interpretation of Islam meant that Hindus and Sikhs of Afghanistan had to wear a yellow badge to identify themselves. Although the Taliban has been replaced by a democratic government, the exodus has not stopped. The Hindus and Sikhs of Afghanistan, who had been living in the country since time immemorial, left the land of their forefathers. While they numbered well over 60,000 in the early 1990s, only a thousand Sikhs and Hindus remain in the country presently and are limited mainly to the three cities of Kabul, Jalalabad, and Ghazni. Outside these cities, their Gurudwaras and Mandes are now illegally occupied by locals of the majority community. Even within these cities, the houses were forcefully occupied during the turmoil of civil war and most of them live in Gurudwaras and Mandis. They cannot even cremate their dead in Kabul and other provinces without the assistance of the police. The children are bullied in schools called Kafirs and Sikh boys are mocked as potatoes. This happens in front of the teachers and they don't do anything to discourage this behaviour. The worst and most hurtful is that they are continuously asked when they are going back to India. No one believes them when they say that they have always lived in Afghanistan. There has been a steep decline in the fortunes of this once rich and prosperous Afghan Hindu and Sikh community. We have much in common with the Afghanistan than we realize. People, especially traders, regularly traveled between the provinces of these two countries in the past 2000 years and even settled there, then why are Hindus and Sikhs not treated as natives of Afghanistan? The Afghan Hindu community has now established Assamai Mandirs in India, Germany, England and USA named after the famous Mandir in Kabul. Similarly, Afghan Sikhs have erected gurudwaras in India and across Europe. The Guru Nanak Darbar in London is one such gurudwara established by the Afghan Sikhs. The congregation in this gurudwara had distinct Afghan facial features, especially of the kids Some of them had light-colored eyes and even blonde eyebrows and eyelashes, one of the distinct Afghan traits that is difficult to ignore. In Afghanistan, some local Muslims refer to the Hindus and Sikhs as Lala, which means elder brother. However, a significant number also discriminate against them. As a minority community in Afghanistan, the Hindus and Sikhs are considered foreigners whereas they are the original natives of the country. This book is an attempt to trace the lives of Hindus and Sikhs in Afghanistan in the past thousand years. It is an effort to apprise the current and hopefully future generations on Afghan Hindus and Sikhs and about the journey of their ancestors. This is extremely important as almost 99% of all Afghan Hindus and Sikhs have now left the country. Almost all history records, even those held by the Afghan Hindus, stop at the Hindu Shahi rulers of Kabul in the 10th century and start again from the 19th century when European travellers and agents mentioned Hindus and Sikhs in the country. This book has used contemporary sources as far as possible. At some places, eminent historians who are considered an authority on the subject have been quoted. Contemporary Persian, English, Punjabi sources have been used to chalk out references to non-Muslim communities including Hindus and later Sikhs from the 11th century to the 21st century. The contribution of these small communities of Hindus and Sikhs to the Afghan society is brought to the readers. A number of theories are prevalent in Afghanistan to, to assert that the Hindus and Sikhs are recent emigrants to the country. Some of them are as follows Mahmud Ghaznavi, the infamous Sultan who invaded India 17 times before a span of 25 years in the early 11th century, brought thousands of Hindu slaves from India. Next is Baba joined Kabulistan with North India, which led to the migration of Hindus from India to Afghanistan. Another one says Hindus and Sikhs came to Afghanistan when Ahmad Shah Durrani brought merchants from Sindh and West Punjab. And there is one which says Hindus and Sikhs came to Afghanistan in 1838 when the British and Maharaja Ranjit Singh deposed Dost Muhammad Khan and installed Shah Shuja at the throne. The book begins from the 10th century when Islam had become the dominant religion in the country and will make the readers contemplate the above theories. Mahmud Ghaznavi's father won Kabulistan and replaced the Hindu Shahi rulers. He also replaced them in Peshawar and brought the infidel Ghur province under Islamic rule. Mahmood and his descendants had a significant number of Hindus in their army and administration. Babur in his memoir states that Kabul is Hindustan's own market. Indian merchants were trading in Kabul and other parts of Afghanistan even before Babur captured Kabul. Prior to him, the infidel Mongols, ruled Khurasan, the greater Afghanistan, and Timur in 14th century fought many battles with idol worshippers who kept on attacking his capital, Samarkand, part of Khorasan. There were Hindu and Sikh merchants from Shikarpur and Multan in 18th and 19th century Afghanistan, but in addition to them the British accounts refer to local Hindus and Sikhs, with families who lived in the different parts of the towns compared to merchants who lived among themselves without families. British accounts of 1783 and 1808 refer to Hindu traders and shopkeepers in Kabul. Also the Afghan Hindus and Sikhs are almost all from the Khatri and Arura castes that are renowned for their business acumen. The Jats form the majority in rural eastern Punjab and would have formed the bulk of armed forces under Maharaja Ranjit Singh. However, there is a complete absence of Jats among Afghan Sikhs and Hindus and same is the case with Sikhs in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province in Pakistan which borders Afghanistan and which shares socio-cultural and tribal ties with each other. Medieval Afghanistan was known as Khurasan which was a greater Afghanistan as it included parts of present-day Uzbekistan, Iran, Tajikistan and Turkmenistan among others. However, during a major period in the medieval age, especially from 1220 to 1748, the country was ruled by non-Afghan dynasties and was part of great empires. And the capitals of these empires were based outside the present Afghanistan. Hence in this work in some chapters especially for the period 1220 to 1748 references are made to other major cities which were part of Khorasan but now fall outside Afghanistan the provinces of Pakistan namely Balochistan and Khyber Pakhtunkhwa which share the border with Afghanistan have substantial Pathan population and also share major social cultural and tribal ties with each other Interestingly, the Hindus and Sikhs in these provinces have a number of similarities with Afghan Hindus and Sikhs. A separate chapter elaborates on these Pathan Sikhs of Afghanistan along with Pathan Sikhs of Pakistan. So this is the introductory chapter for you and I hope you will enjoy the details of it and how Hindus and Sikhs despite being a minority and very small minority in Afghanistan for the last 1000 years they have survived there until now.